day. Good evening and welcome to Point of View. I'm Chris Berg. Thanks so much for joining us. We start tonight with some breaking news. This is very, very exciting for an NBC White House reporter, Monica Alba. President Trump coming to Minnesota next week. I'm hearing very early next week. I've heard a particular city, but we've got a special guest coming up in just a moment. Jason Lewis, he's running for the U.S. Senate in Minnesota. We'll find out what he can tell us about this event because he's probably got more inside info than I do. Also, on uh, Tuesday and Wednesday of next week, there's going to be a Women for Trump bus tour rolling through Minnesota, so we will keep you informed as we get more details. But it's great to see President Trump get out of the swamp, back with the people. should be a fun event. Now, earlier today, uh, Vice President Joe Biden and Kamala Harris did an event together. I want to play a quick clip for you in case you maybe missed this presser. Well, it was very interesting. I mean, I get we're in this COVID situation, but I, I, I'm going to invite you to watch this presser because the energy level... If there was something below, I mean, it was just zero, zilch, nada. You can go to our Facebook page and watch it in its entirety if you have any interest. But I want to share with you some of what uh, Senator Harris had to say earlier today. Because of Trump's failures of leadership, our economy has taken one of the biggest hits out of all the major industrialized nations with an unemployment rate that has tripled as of today. So you heard there Senator Harris basically saying, hey, look, the economy is in the tank because President Trump hasn't done what he's supposed to do as a leader for our nation. Well, then President Trump had his uh, presser earlier today, basically started off by saying this. We have the strongest economy, performing economy in the world. We're up, uh, I think it's $9 trillion since March, $9 trillion in value. That's a, that's a number that nobody's ever heard of before. We're also uh, getting close to about a 50 percent number since March, which is incredible. So it's $9 trillion. It's almost 50 percent. In fact, I think it went above 50 percent today with the 300-point increase. And it's uh, so we're doing much better than Europe significantly. And at the same time, Europe has experienced a 40 percent higher excess mortality than the United States. And we all see the NASDAQ. I mean, NASDAQ is at record levels right now. So Kamala Harris is one thing. Obviously, President Trump is sharing with you there something much, much different. Now, just to have some fun, because we know this this campaign, the rest of the campaign season is going to be nutso. Check this out. And for some reason, this only works on Twitter. I posted on Facebook as well. It didn't work. But if you if you go on my Twitter feed, which is at ChrisBergPOV, and if you click on... <laughs> Antifa.com. If you click on Antifa.com on my Twitter feed, and really anybody's Twitter feed, but let me show you what comes up at Antifa.com. If you guessed Joe Biden's website, <laughs> then you absolutely nailed it. That is like the master troll right there. Antifa.com equates to Joe Biden.com. I don't know who set that up, but it was a genius master troll move. All right, joining us now on our 702 communications line, he is running for the U.S. Senate seat in Minnesota against U.S. Senator Tina Smith, the one and only Jason Lewis. Jason, welcome back to Point of View. Always great to have you, sir. I started with some breaking news about President Trump being in Minnesota on Monday. I'm assuming you've got more details than I do. What can you share with us, sir? 
Well, we've got the same information you do, Chris. We're excited to have the president back. Uh, I did talk to the vice president last night. He called to congratulate on our big primary win uh, and a new poll that just came out showing the race neck and neck uh, with myself and Tina Smith. And he pledged last night that the, the Trump-Pence team would be back in Minnesota several times, many times before November. I just didn't think it would be the next day or two. Um, so I'm, I'm very, very glad to hear it. Um, I think we'll find out more details tonight as to the exact location. Um, I, like you, have an inkling, but not a liberty to say. But we'll find out tonight, I think. Very, very fair. And I just, I've, I've made this pitch now to Donald Trump Jr., Hogan Gidley, Aaron Perrine. I want to make it to you as well. Just, you know, we have this beautiful thing called the Fargo Dome. It's right <laughs> on Congressman Peterson's district. So I'm just saying, if we want to hold a mega rally, we would love to uh, see if you can. Yeah, it's funny you should say that because I made the same pitch myself. Okay, good. I'm, I'm, I appreciate that. Then we'll continue. And I bet Kevin Kramer has too. <laughs> we'll continue to make that pitch. So I want to ask you about this. Um, you look at your race, and then we obviously saw the big news of uh, Vice President and Joe Biden picking Kamala Harris. How does that choice impact your race in any way, shape, or form? Well, I mean, he was between a rock and a hard spot. No good choice. And picking uh, Kamala Harris merely doubles down on the Green New Deal, anti-police, raise taxes, $3 trillion Democrats. Remember, Kamala Harris is the one that said she's going to eliminate fracking, eliminating energy independence for America. They're the ones that forced the lockdown on America, holding up COVID relief for things that had nothing to do with COVID relief. Um, they're the ones now saying the economy isn't performing as well. As you point out, we're in a V-shaped recovery. The market's approaching 30,000 again. Nobody thought it would come back this fast. But this is a, like chutzpah. I mean, what's next? She's going to say that she believes Joe Biden's accusers and then get on the ticket with him? Um, you know, there comes a point where wait, you wait, know, wait, I have a little integrity here. I want to pause here. Are you saying that in jest? Because she did say that she believes Joe Biden's accusers and is now on the ticket with him. Bingo. And she, she also said that she could not stomach the fact that Joe Biden was against forced busing because she was that little girl on the bus and basically said he was a segregationist and a racist and all the things Democrats usually say when they're out of arguments. And now, voila, she's forsaken those quote unquote principles to jump on a ticket. This is a woman that will do or say anything to climb the ladder of power. But more importantly, it just doubles down on the radical left, the squad that has now completely consumed the Democrat Party. It is the end of Joe Biden, as though he needed it, uh, pretending to be a moderate of anything, on anything. It doesn't matter whether it's energy. It doesn't matter whether it's the end. Remember, she, she introduced, and by the way, my opponent, Tina Smith, supported the Justice in Policing Act, which would have decimated local police departments and would have told every policeman and woman, and I didn't know much about cops till I married one. I'm married to a policewoman, former policewoman, um, that they would be personally liable for good faith mistakes made in a split second. You would see what's happening across Minneapolis happen across the country in a nanosecond. People would leave the department, they would be understaffed, you'd have one policeman or woman uh, uh, you know, rotating around a square area of two and a half miles, which is the case in the third precinct, by the way, right now. So um, I, I just don't see uh, any value added that uh, Kamala Harris brings to this ticket. So, you know what? Bring it on. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how you use that, obviously, in your race. But I didn't realize you were married to a former uh, policewoman. So I'm curious for you, I can only imagine the conversations you guys have been having as of late. As you look across the landscape of America and police departments, do you think there needs to be any sort of reform within police departments? And if so, what specifically do you think should be done? 
Well, I think some data collection is fine. I think you can have some ability to look back and say, could this have been done better? But you can't. And by the way, there's already an avenue to sue anybody under Section 1983 and operating under the color of law. What uh, Kamala Harris and Tina Smith would do is just almost make it automatic. We're going to go after a person, not a department or not any reforms. But in, in the vast scheme of things, Chris, you have to say, you and I don't visit, and we all have, a bad doctor and then say the medical profession ought to be disbanded and defunded because they're all bad. That is exactly what we've done with the, the people in blue, and which is why I back them, not to mention that I, I have a little inside experience. My wife was on the St. Paul PD for seven years and her dad for 28 years, so I know how tough the job can be. So let's talk about this for a moment, Then I'm sure maybe you saw Governor Wallace held a press conference earlier today. He was asked to address um, his team's response and Mayor uh, Jacob Fry's response to how they handled the riots in Minneapolis. I want to share with you some of what he said, uh, Jason, and give you a chance to respond. In an unprecedented situation, I believe the mayor of Minneapolis made the most timely and the most prudent calls in protection of his city that he and his team felt necessary. And I certainly believe that the decisions that we made as a leadership team, General Jensen, myself, uh, Colonel Langer, uh, Commissioner Harrington, um, was timely and was appropriate. And I think looking back with 2020 vision, um, I guess the critiques of if we'd have been a week earlier, it maybe hadn't happened. So you had a third wow. precinct burned out of the ground, and he says, hey, he and Jacob Fry did an outstanding job. Essentially, what say you? So much for those National Guard cooks he was talking about a week and a half ago when he said, Jacob Fry doesn't understand uh, calling on me to call the National Guard. You're just throwing in a bunch of 19-year-old cooks there. Apparently, somebody got to the governor and said, oh, you can't say that. This is one of the reasons I'm suing the governor. Our campaign is suing the governor over these lockdowns, which have denied Minnesotans their privileges and immunities under the 14th Amendment and Article 4. This is the first time we've ever locked down an entire country or a state over a public health challenge. Usually, public health authorities, Chris, make recommendations and let adults then follow those. We don't tell grown-ups what to do. And usually, we protect the vulnerable and the sick and not lock down the young and the healthy. We did the opposite. In fact, we were shutting down the economy that Kamala Harris now complains about while we were infecting older folks in nursing homes by taking COVID positive patients and putting them in long-term congregated living facilities. And that was an express, an express policy by the Minnesota Department of Health under Governor Walls. This is not a, a public policy blunder. This is scandalous. So, and, and it's shocking that they're trying to cover their tracks now on that and the defunding of the police and their failure to restore public order after 1,500 buildings burned or ruined to the ground. I mean, that's why I, I had to ask you that question with a straight face, but it's hard when you've got a, a governor saying, hey, we, we did a pretty good job. I think we timed it right when you have $500 million of damage in a city and now people are saying we're not even going to send our kids there. So I want to ask you about this. President Trump, as you know, they did not get this COVID relief package done. He signed some executive orders. I think you could make an argument he's kind of making Congress irrelevant. Do you think he has the power to sign the EEOs he did, for example, to cut payroll tax, for an example? Yeah, there's a question as to whether uh, anybody could defund or permanently cut the payroll tax without legislation. And I think you probably do have to have legislation there, but he can defer it. Uh, you can do a number of things under his emergency powers. But, you know, if the Democrats have a problem here, Chris, sue him. 
Um, this is the party of executive orders. When you take a look at executive orders in all their incarnations, President Obama was the king. There's no question about that. So if they have a problem with this sue him, they don't want to sue him because they know it would simply highlight the fact that they've been holding up COVID relief over mail-in ballots, mail-in voting without, an abs without a witness, accounting ballots after so election day. Jason, you're great at this stuff. Break this down for our audience because you hear so much again, you know, different points of view on this mail-in balloting. So give us the distinction between what's wrong with, with in your opinion, mail-in ballot, ballots versus absentee ballots and how it works in Minnesota. Well, I, I'll give you a, a scoop here tonight, Chris, and that is uh, I, I am pretty certain, I can't say for 100% ontological certitude, but I'm pretty certain that we are going to be a plaintiff in a lawsuit um, challenging the idea that you can count ballots after election day. Imagine, I, I mean, the, the, you know, after the election comes in or the votes comes in and their favorite Democrat candidate short, somebody's going to go and say, hey, how much more do you need there, Joey? We'll find them for you. You don't count ballots after election day. And an absentee ballot, you have to have a witness and you have to prove you are who you say you are. Mail-in voting, they just go out. So if you, if you leave the, 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 the city or the state, you could get a mail-in ballot. And in fact, that's happened. So who's to say they're going to make certain that that mail-in ballot doesn't count? Good point. Did you say Joey or Al Franken? I just want to be clear. Um, oh, I think we, did we lose? I think we lost him, but okay. <laughs> He's, I think I'm back. Uh, so I asked him, did you say Joey or did you say Al Franken in your example? I wasn't. <laughs> well, I was doing my sort of uh, you know, New York mafia impersonation there, but you can just see it after the elections, it's over. A, a somebody comes up short, uh, you know, vis-a-vis -vis Al Franken or anybody else, and, and now they've got days after the election day to suddenly count ballots. So when are you filing a lawsuit? Well, I think it'll be coming in the next week or two. All right, some breaking news there, filing a lawsuit. To, and that would obviously then say, hey, any, any ballots need to be counted by election day, not after, correct? Uh, that is the, the essence of it. We've got other partners in the suit, so we're still in the process of drafting it. But I, I think you'll see something very soon. Awesome. It's always great to have you on, Jason Lewis. We appreciate it. Your website real quick if people want more info. Lewis4MN. That's L-E-W-I-S-F-O-R-M-N.com. And I say that Emerson College poll this early already has us in a statistical dead heat with a Democrat incumbent. I can hardly wait for November. Yeah. And just so you know, we shared, we shared that with our audience last night. Hopefully I will see you on Monday with President Trump. Thanks for your time. You sir. got it. All right, love to know your point of view and what you heard there from Jason Lewis. I'm going to see about the Minnesota primary situation, mail-in ballot. He's coming up next. He's running for Congress in North Dakota. Zach Rackneroot is going to join us. We'll get the latest from him and his point of view on some of the issues that matter to you. Please share your point of view with us. You can email us, text us, leave us a voicemail. We'll be right back.